today on Podcast by the Bay. Current Redwood City Mayor Ian Bain. So we have large tech companies like Oracle and Equinix and Electronic Arts. So those has all always been part of us, at least for the last 20 years or so. Um, there is There are a few things that are happening with the economy right now, and there's um, there are a lot of new companies that are springing up, startups looking for space, and there are certainly some people who would really like to take advantage of that. I think naturally a lot of that occurs in Redwood City because we're a transit hub, because we're the county seat. Uh, there are a lot of reasons why that's very attractive to startups. Discussing his vision and goals for Redwood City. Uh, we're building 117 units of affordable senior housing uh, near Kaiser on Bradford Street. And... Um, just a lot of great things like that, that even though uh, we're facing a budget crunch, we have capital improvements funds that we're applying to long-term issues that will improve the quality of life for residents. Also, on our new segment entitled People on the Peninsula, we spoke with Siva. Realizing that it's not easy being in Silicon Valley here and living on your own as a college student is kind of impossible. A lot of people are moving back with their parents, even after moving out at the first. And it's just the idea of moving out at 18 is just not possible anymore here. All coming up on today's episode of Podcast by the Bay. Stay tuned. Podcast by the Bay is brought to you by Highway Soul Productions. Check us out at highwaysoul.com. And in conjunction with Liberty Realty. Liberty Realty, serving the peninsula and surrounding areas since 1986 for all your real estate needs. www.liberty-realty.com Remember to subscribe and download our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. You can contact Podcast by the Bay by their email at podcastbythebay at gmail.com. And now, another podcast by the Bay. Okay, welcome to Podcast by the Bay. This is Andre. And this is Patrick. And welcome to another rendition of Podcast by the Bay. We're excited to have you all with us and listening to our podcast. We enjoy the feedback. We enjoy all the people who have reached out to us and commented it and downloaded our show and have posted things on our Facebook site and next door. So please continue. Reach out to us. We definitely appreciate it. So with that, today we're actually going to continue our our uh, our mayor, our Peninsula Mayor series, uh, including um, Redwood City Mayor Ian Bain, and Patrick was actually get, uh, able to get an exclusive interview with current Redwood City Mayor Ian Bain, and really discuss a lot of the issues and some of the things that are happening in the Redwood City, um, you know, in the in Redwood City and the Redwood Shores area. So, Patrick, what was some of your feedback? Um, you know, meeting Ian Bain and really talking to him. First of all, I want to let everybody know that Ian Bain is a personal friend and I've known him for over 20 years. Um, and Ian lives in Redwood City. Um, and as we all know, Redwood City is the county seat. Um, Ian Bain was willing to meet with me at his home. Uh, we had a very nice, cordial thing. One of the most important things when you walk into his house is his painting um, of Abraham Lincoln. And little did I realize, um, and I didn't find out until after I did my recording with Ian, that he's a painter. 
Uh, he painted an absolute beautiful picture of Abraham Lincoln, and he also was able to uh, paint portraits of his of his kids. And this kind of ties into Ian Bain. Um, Ian Bain um, struggled to get onto city council, and I want you to hear his feedback on how many times he had lost an election and how he had a one-year term and how he fought back. Ian Bain was a fighter, um, and that I was very impressed with. He also is going to explain something a little bit different on how they pick a mayor. Ian Bain has been in government for over 15 years. Um, He's originally from Berkeley, uh, very well educated, uh, works in the electronics field, uh, software, Um, a really dynamic person overall. Um, We spoke for probably around 25 minutes. He told me his concerns about housing. He told me his concerns about transportation. Um, I brought up some of the issues that everybody has in the last five or 10 years, talking about Redwood City wanting to be the next Silicon Valley. He kind of politely answered that and said, we really are reaching out for the biotech and we're really trying to push forward in the housing industry, push forward in the transportation. He wants to make sure that that Caltrain gets uh, electrified. We were also talking about how the diversity of the population of the people that work in the biotech, the Apple, the Google, the Facebook, um, he, um, he talks about how the Caltrans service is down because most of these young people probably either are going to drive in or are going to take a shuttle. Um, yesterday, which was Saturday, front page of the Daily Journal is, is featuring Ian Bain. They're talking about working with, with the Dumbarton Bridge and, and working with Facebook. They're reaching out to what Andre and I have been talking about all, all along to see that the Facebook, the Apple, and the Google. We talked about campus housing. We talked about the College of San Mateo. He enlightened me about the uh, campus on Kenyatta College on how they have housing up there. We, we discussed campus housing. We discussed Facebook. Um, we discussed the future of Redwood City. And this is Ian's last year. As mayor, I think he's going to finish his council term and he's going to retire from politics. But he's been a dedicated, dedicated public servant. He's a dedicated father to his kids. Um, and we're just very honored that he's a public servant um, and that he stands up for the people. You know, it kind of leaves something, a quote from Abraham Lincoln. I have this sitting on my desk. Leave nothing for tomorrow, which can be done today. That's Abraham Lincoln. And you know, that best describes Ian Bain. Leave nothing for tomorrow, which can be done today. Wow, that's a that's so true. That is so true. And I think you and I both feel that way. And that's why we're doing this show. That's actually why we're putting our time on the line and we're actually doing this. And so, Ian, it sounds like a couple things I actually want to uh, ask. I mean, one, I, the whole City Hall downtown area around the court, courthouses, and they have really have renovated that whole area. And it's really becoming... It, in the last five years, it's really modernized, and it's really a nice place to go now. I mean, you can go there and really just go enjoy yourselves. Um, there's all kind of restaurants, and you know, there's music. There, there's there's things happening there. Um, but two, you brought up a good point. Redwood City, they're the way that they elect their mayor is actually different than how somewhere like San Mateo or Foster City or some of these other cities do it. So. I guess my question is, first, how is it different? And second, do you feel that's better? Well, 
from the perspective is, I'm not sure, um, Ian, uh, I want the listeners to listen to hear what Ian says and how they're elected. Um, Ian has been overlooked probably at least, I'm going to say between five and ten times as mayor. Um, it's not the council that elects the mayor. It, I, I kind of gathering it's some of the city officials that that pull in. But for some reason, um, you know, I haven't followed Redwood City politics that much, but I have followed Ian, and I'm impressed with what he says. And uh, he's a very frank person. Uh, he holds no punches. He he tells you like it is. And uh, for some reason, I think the listeners need to um, to listen to what Ian says. Um, instead of make a judgment on the way that they do that. But it's not a typical. San Bruno is probably one of the only cities um, on the peninsula that actually elects their mayor. Okay. Okay. So that helps clarify that. Um, So the other thing that we actually got to do is this week we actually met up with our discussion meetup, and that was a lot of fun. We have a, a group of people that we actually meet up. Um, from all different types of backgrounds, and we got to meet them and talk about some of the issues. And in doing so, we actually met a wonderful um, student that's actually working three jobs, trying to go to school, trying to work, trying to support herself and the family, and really highlighting the struggles of what the reality, how it is for someone coming up today on the peninsula. So that's going to be our new series. It's going to be called People on the Peninsula. And basically, we're going to meet people, we're going to bring them, and really highlight some of their stories. And so you're going to hear her story on this episode of Podcast by the Bay. Now, if you think there, if you think there's someone out there that you feel that we should take a moment and interview them for their challenges on living on the peninsula, Andre and I are open to that. So please, be, be understanding that we want to hear your voices, and we want to hear the voices of the people out there in Podcast by the Bay. And there you have it, straight from Patrick. So there you have it. If you want to reach out to us, please contact us, podcastbythebay at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash podcastbythebay. You can contact us on our email, podcastbythebay.com. And also you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Podbean, and even Google Play. So we are out there. We're out there for you guys. We pay attention on Nextdoor. We, we're, we're, we're out here. So, yes, please reach out to us, comment, and send us a note if you like it, if you're enjoying it. And if you have any feedback, any suggestions, please reach out to us. We, we'd appreciate it. So with that, we're going to get to uh, Ian Bain, and we're going to highlight some of the discussion. And uh, you're going to hear our uh, p- uh, People on the Peninsula segment, which is going to be our new segment starting on this episode of Podcast by the Bay. So with that, this is Andre. And this is Patrick. And we'll catch you on the next time, a podcast by the Bay. And stay tuned for the thought of the episode afterwards. Stay tuned. Welcome to Podcast by the Bay. It is February 10th, uh, 2018. We have the uh, opportunity and honor to interview Ian Bain. Ian Bain is the mayor of uh, Redwood City. Uh, Ian, why don't you give us a little introduction of where you're from, uh, Redwood City? Where are you from originally, Ian? Uh, well, I was born in Berkeley. I uh, grew up mostly in Palo Alto, but we moved around quite a bit when I was growing up. Uh, always in the Bay Area. Uh, lived in Redwood City for a short time as a kid. And then uh, halfway through high school, moved back to Berkeley. Went to Cal 
and then uh, when I got tired of Berkeley, I moved back to Redwood City. Okay, what's your current career, Ian? What do you do, what do you do full time? I know the mayor is kind of like a full time position, but that's not how you make your your living. No, I run corporate communications for a software company, so I work down in San Jose. That's my full time job. Excellent. How long have you been doing that? Uh, well, I've been in that field for about twenty years, and then uh, with this company, about two years. Well, Ian, <clears throat> how'd you get in politics? What was your start? So I've, I've always had an interest in good government, and that comes from uh, my parents and, and their interest in that, particularly my father. And um, I was involved in student government in high school. Uh, when I Shortly after I moved to Redwood City, I, I worked at a nonprofit, and that nonprofit was very involved in the community. And I got to know a lot of the different uh, members of the boards, committees, commissions, council members. And then when I was 27 years old, I ran for city council for the first time in 1995. Did you win in 1995? No, I, I lost. I came in about the middle of the pack. Uh, but I had a respectable showing, and I ran two years later, and I almost won that time. I lost by 129 votes. That was in 1997. And then three months later... A council member resigned, and the council appointed me to fill a seat in 98. Well, Ian, you share a little bit of similarity to me, except I haven't been elected yet, and the one time that position that I could have been appointed to, they didn't appoint me, but uh, that's all right. So how long have you been on council for Redwood City? So uh, in the 19, in 1998, I served less than a year. I had to run in a special election, and I lost my seat. So I took five years off, and I focused on my family, and then I ran in 2003, and I won that election. And then I was reelected in 2007, 2011, and 2015. So I've, I've now served collectively 15 years on the council. Well, congratulations on serving 15 years on the council. You are a persistent person and a very determined individual, and I respect that, and I think the community does too. Um, you're currently um, uh, been on the council 15 years, and it's been a challenge, uh, even though the mayor is a rotation. What, what's happening with the dynamics? I know the peninsula, um, I spoke with the mayor, Gina Papp, and they had their challenges too. What's the, uh, give the dynamics to the public on what happens. And as you know, and I know most of the time, for except the city of San Bruno, it's a rotational thing. Um, you, you become vice mayor and then you usually become mayor. Well, so a lot of the cities on the peninsula do have a rotation policy. We don't have a policy. So what happens is every two years, the council selects the mayor and the vice mayor. And that's unfortunately where the politics come in. And we've had people who have, um, I would say, pushed ahead of others into the position. And um, I'm a nice guy who doesn't really have much of a taste for politics, to be honest with you. And so uh, that's part of the reason why it took me so long to get to the position I'm in now. Well, I can't begin to, I've watched your career for the last 15 years, and I was just absolutely excited to see you become mayor because it's well-deserved. Thank you. Um, as mayor in Redwood City, um, some of the talk on the streets, um, and I want to kind of see if you could kind of address that, that they feel Redwood City's pushing to become another Silicon Valley. Uh, and I know by the aggressive building and the build-out situation in the downtown area, specifically around Broadway and Maine and El Camino and I think Madison too, 
Can you talk a little bit about what's happening in Redwood City from your perspective? Okay. Well, first of all, we've always been part of Silicon Valley. So we have large tech companies like Oracle and Equinix and Electronic Arts. So those have all always been part of us, at least for the last 20 years or so. Um, there is There are a few things that are happening with the economy right now, and there's um, there are a lot of new companies that are springing up, startups looking for space, and there are certainly some people who would really like to take advantage of that. I think naturally a lot of that occurs in Redwood City because we're a transit hub, because we're the county seat. Uh, there are a lot of reasons why that's very attractive to startups. Um, in, in terms of the types of businesses we want to attract, I mean, those are certainly some of them, but... Um, but also biotech. It's not just confined to South City. I think we're seeing a lot of those kinds of companies uh, spring up as well. Uh, now, I know um, along with the the, the uh, growth that we're seeing in the economy, we have issues with housing. Yes. Um, what is the current policy in Redwood City on affordable housing and percentage of affordable housing on a project? So, as you may be aware, the state recently passed a law that will allow us to uh, require inclusionary zoning in rental projects. Until now, we haven't been able to do that. Ever since redevelopment went away in 2011, we have not been able to require that, even in the downtown area. So there have been a lot of units that have been built, about 2,500 units or so in Redwood City in the last five years. A very small percentage of that has been below market because we've really been... Uh, without being able to require developers to do that, we've been negotiating with them to incorporate those into the projects. Uh, I would say that uh, we haven't gone as far as I would like to see in terms of those negotiations. So um, not a lot of those units are affordable. However, building market rate units does take some pressure off some of the other units that are in the market right now, uh, allowing those to remain uh, somewhat affordable to the average person. Okay, kind of going back to the same question, I don't think I kind of got a hold of it. What is your percentage? Is it a 15% uh, below market or affordable housing, so, or is it project by project? That's what I'm saying is we can't require that. So we're going to now, because of the new state law, we will look at that, and probably I would estimate about 15% is what we will require, but that's a policy decision the council will need to make. Uh, so until now, we have not required a percentage to be affordable units. What do you think about density housing? Um, in terms of? Well, in terms, <clears throat> do you think we should try to get more housing and, and taller buildings? I know uh, currently in the paper, I think the, uh, the one on uh, El Camino mm -hmm. uh, in Redwood City. You want to talk a little bit about that and what's going on between the Planning Commission? Uh, well, I can't, I can't comment too much on specific projects that we're reviewing. I will just say that, that Redwood City has allowed taller buildings. It's allowed higher density, um, and that's, uh, I think, something we're going to need to continue to look at. I want to make sure that as we continue to grow and change and allow that higher density that we don't impact the residents, the longer-time residents, uh, with increased traffic impacts. So that's a big thing we need to mitigate, figure out what the traffic flow is, how we can get people taking public transportation. Uh, and then we also need to make sure that the, the architecture of those buildings blends into the community. And I don't say, I, when I say that, I don't want cookie-cutter projects. I don't want generic projects. I want really good-looking projects that uh, harmonize with particularly the historical buildings that we have in the community. Can you, can you, for the audience out here, just give us an approximate uh, size of the population of Redwood City? We're about 85,000 people. 85,000, okay. 
Um, when we were talking about housing, the buzzword on the peninsula is called workforce housing. And I want to kind of give you an example of a project that they're trying to do that. In Foster City, they're trying to rezone a commercial uh, property and bring it into um, actually a mixed-use situation, and they're calling it workforce housing. Um, they haven't approved it yet. It's still kind of at the preliminary stages. Has Redwood City ever thought about developing workforce housing? And then when I ask you workforce housing, there's no clear definition. I just want to hear right. what your definition of workforce housing might be. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, we have, we've talked about that. But I think is going back to something you said earlier, we have to look at everything on a project-by-project basis. So I think we were very forward-thinking in terms of developing a downtown precise plan, and then we we reworked our general plan back in 2010, which allows some of that. And it's really about um, what um, what developers are willing to bring to the market and uh, negotiating with those developers to try to, to meet the community's needs. I mean, certainly we need workforce housing, but, I mean, that can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. I think one of the challenges we have is that there are a lot of people who have families. They still want the single-family home, detached home, and the, those are not the types of homes that we can build on the peninsula anymore. Uh, <clears throat> going back to the, uh, the situation with workforce housing, um, we talk about a lot of the cities use the buzzwords, we want to build the housing for police and fire. Right. Um, obviously, I'm passionate about police and fire, and I know you are, most cities are. But isn't the truth of the reality for the last 20-plus years the police and fire have not been living immediately in the Bay Area? Yeah, well, they live in the broader Bay Area, so a lot of them live in the East Bay. Uh, we do have, we're fortunate in Redwood City to have some officers who do live here in Redwood City, some longtime members of the force. But again, I mean, the issue is, you know, they have families, they want to live in the single-family detached home, and um, particularly for people in that demographic, it's it's harder to live in a high-density housing unit. Um, those units that are being built are, are more suited to younger people, people who don't have families. So, I mean, you know, if, if you're looking for a single-family home, it's it's just very difficult to find that in Redwood City. Okay, I think that's a, a pretty well said, too. Um, what's your thought process on on the uh, transportation issue in the peninsula? Before we go into, uh, I, I've attended a few of the seminars um, talking about whether it's with Sam trams or Caltrains and stuff like that. We don't really have a transit district, and I was told the ridership in Caltrans and the bus system on the peninsula is actually down. Um, and obviously for our audience, most of the people that are working at Apple, Google, or Facebook, or uh, Biotech, or Gilead's probably collectively are taking a carpool situation, um, or they're driving. Um, <clears throat> do you think looking at the bigger picture, that it would be better to have the cities collaborate a little bit more about the transit system that we have on the peninsula? So, yeah, there's a few things in there. So one of them, in terms of the north-south corridor, the Caltrain system, it's my understanding it's actually at capacity. So people are using that as much as we can currently provide service. And the electrification will be able to provide more service, more capacity, and I expect that that uh, ridership will continue. Samtrans, on the other hand, that's a different story. So we have 
east-west routes. And, um, you know, I know Sam Trans is trying to provide as much service as they can, but it doesn't always get people to and from where they need to be. So I'm, I, I can't speak to the ridership on those routes. I, I'm sure there are some that are, are down. Um, but it, it's really about how do you get people from where the train drops them off to where they need to be. It's that last-mile problem. And so this is where we work with developers, and we try to uh, encourage them to do shuttles, to partner with other developers on shuttles, to make those shuttles available to the community. And I think we're going to start seeing more local shuttle service that will supplement what Caltrain and Samtrans offer. Well, I agree with you, but I really kind of want to go back to the question at hand. And the question is, do you think that the surrounding cities... Should be able to cooperate a little bit more, so that that north, south, east, west moves moves easier. Oh, for sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so in addition to Caltrain, I mean, there's some other things that we're looking at, like ferry service. And so you probably are aware Regional Measure Three will be coming forward, and that will um, it'll provide more funding for those types of regional services. Well, I'm not <clears throat> sure you're aware of it, but Foster City, and to my surprise, is going to be looking at hydro boats that, to take people down on the peninsula. It's just in the preliminary stages. I don't know where it's going to go, but I think that's something that we could see down the peninsula that may handle 500 or a thousand people on a daily basis for commuting. So I'm looking forward to that. <clears throat> Ian, you, uh, you were uh, written up uh, in the paper today, um, and I'm pretty sure I kind of understand about the Dumbarton Bridge, and I understand that Facebook has contributed a little bit to it. Mm-hmm. Give us your passion. What do you think the Dumbarton Bridge can do for the people on the peninsula? Yeah, so back to your previous question. I mean, generally speaking, the, the, the more that we can offer public transit routes that get people to, to and from where they need to be, uh, the more we're going to have people use it. I don't believe that just taking away parking from people is going to stop them from using their cars. They still need a way to get there. And Dunbarton Rail is one of those things. So if you look at the Caltrain station in downtown Redwood City, and then you look at where Facebook is, you could conceivably have a stop there along the route that then goes across the bridge into the East Bay where some of the, the people you talked about live, you know, some of the police and the firefighters. So if you can give those people access to public transportation, you get them out of their cars. That makes everybody's lives better. Well, let's talk about a project a little bit that, that seems to be a little successful in that regard, and that's the Bay Meadows project. Um, I was impressed about one phase, which they said that when you bought this place, you had to have a shared vehicle. Mm-hmm. Are you aware of that one? I'm not aware of that one. Maybe it's something you should look into, and I'm not saying that's the, the, the solving of the problem. One of the sad things, Ian, I, I, I see on the peninsula with the transportation, we encourage developers to build near the train, the corridor, and I think that's exciting. But we don't require that the people that buy or live there take public transportation. Mm-hmm. So my passion would be to see if we build more towards the corridor transportation that we put in the CCNRs that they have to have a percentage of using public transportation. Um, yeah, I'm not sure how that would be enforced. I think it's. Uh, I think the best you can do is offer people access to things, and then it's like leading a horse to water. You can't make them drink. Um, you know, we certainly. I don't think we can require people to not own a car. Um, you could put it in the CCNRs, but if somebody goes out and buys a car, it's not like we would have the, the police capacity to go out there and check and see if they're actually they have a car that's registered. So I think there's there's always ways around that. 
again, I think the best thing we can do is just give them the access and the options to uh, to take public transportation. Okay, every mayor I'm going to ask is this one question. What do you think? Do you think we should bring BART all the way down? I think that eventually we will have one regional transit system. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen in the next uh, 10 years, maybe 20, but I think eventually it will happen. Okay, one of the buzzwords that's been around for the last five years is called regionalization of government. Mm-hmm. What's your opinion of that? I know what we've did, and I'm, we've, we've, we did something a little bit like that with uh, the sheriff, where right. we had certain towns, whether it was Milbrae or San Carlos. Right. What do you think of the regionalization? Well, I think that we're going to continue to see services offered uh, to other cities. So Redwood City, for example, uh, runs the fire service for San Carlos. And I think you'll see cities like Redwood City, San Mateo, Daly City, the larger cities in the county, start to offer more services to some of the smaller cities. If you're a smaller city, it really doesn't make sense to have that much administration, that much overhead, um, particularly when it comes to police and fire, which for most cities is about half the budget. So I think you'll see more and more of that, and it'll be an evolution. Uh, you know, maybe in 20 years it'll make sense for some cities to merge. But at the same time, people really have a strong sense of their own communities. If you grew up in San Carlos, then you're a San Carlin, you know, whereas, you know, if you're across the border here in Redwood City, you're a Redwood City person. So I, I think people, you know, perhaps as uh, demographics change and, and younger people start to look at things a little bit different way, that'll change. But... I don't think it's going to happen overnight. It's going to take many, many years. Now, they say the <clears throat> the recent statistics is that the state of California needs some 180,000 units a year to be built mm-hmm. to sustain itself um, and the growing economy. Currently, I think we're building a little bit less than half of that. Um, if you had a magic wand, do you have any creative idea that you would think that you would like the listeners to hear uh, on uh, how we could maybe attack that? Oh boy, magic wand! Uh, I would I would use that for a lot of things, but um, you know, I, I really every city needs to do its part, and I think that's what some of the state legislation is aimed at. Is you know, Redwood City has been I think forward thinking in terms of building housing near transit, and some other cities um, have not done that, and that's really what I think that uh, some of the legislation is, is aimed at. Um, you know, but I think regionally we need to look at where it makes sense to put jobs versus where it makes sense to put housing. Here in Redwood City, we have an abundance of jobs versus housing. You know, so we need to look regionally at you know some of these companies. I mean, maybe it makes sense for them to put office space closer to where their employees work. Um, but you know, that's something where we can't require companies to do that. Some of the companies that are bringing workers into Redwood City are not headquartered in Redwood City. Uh, I'm not really sure what goes into their analysis, but I think what what you're going to see is you're going to see more public-private partnerships where we work hand-in-hand with companies, particularly the tech companies in the region, to say, where does it make sense for you to build or help us build housing versus where does it make sense to locate your next office? Okay, let's kind of look at an example. Are you familiar with the College of San Mateo and how they built that housing on campus for the teachers? Yes. and it appears that Facebook is doing something similar to that in, in a different way. Do you think uh, campus type of atmospheres for new developers mm-hmm. um, that we ask them to develop so much housing on their existing uh, campus? I do. And uh, it's not just College of San Mateo. We, we did that here in Redwood City at Kenyatta College as well. So we annexed some, uh, some space from Woodside and then uh, Kenyatta built Kenyatta Vista. So... 
generally speaking, a lot of schools, churches, things of that nature are land rich and have the opportunity to build uh, housing on site. And I think we need to explore some of those. Of course, it's got to fit into the surrounding neighborhood. But, um, but yes, with tech companies, you know, if you're bringing that many workers, I think they have a responsibility to look at their campus and say, does it make sense to build housing on this campus or near this campus where we can house the people we're bringing into the area? Can you tell us a little bit about the Kenyatta Project? I, I wasn't aware of that, and maybe some of the listeners out there weren't weren't aware of it either. Yeah, you know, I, I don't have all the details off the top of my head, but, um, but it was just a parking lot, and... Um, I couldn't give you the exact number of units, but it's 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 faculty and staff housing, and so that has I think eased a little bit of the congestion from people who were commuting from far away. Now, as long as they're working for Kenyatta, they can live on campus. Well, you bring up another really challenging thing. A lot of articles have been in the Daily Journal about school teachers. Uh, I happen right. to be a school teacher myself too, on a part-time basis with the Sequoia School District. Do you think we we should work on some campus housing uh, for these young teachers that are out there that are struggling? They're going to Martinez and they're going yeah. to Gilroy. Yeah, I do. I, particularly with young uh, young teachers who are either single or they're a couple. Uh, you know, they don't have the family situation where they want a yard and a, you know all that. But um, but yeah, I think there's a lot that we can do. There are campuses where it makes sense where they do have the space to build something like that, and it can ease the housing crunch and it can also help with traffic congestion. Now, am I aware that uh, most of the cities now do not have a first time? They have a first time home buyer program. But they're switching it over to Hart. Is Redwood City part of Hart too? We are part of Hart. Okay. You know, Vice Mayor Diane Howard serves on the Hart board, <clears throat> and I think we need to look at uh, more ways to tap into um, the leverage that Hart has countywide. Can Can you explain to the audience what the Hart program is and wh- how how it's designed? Yeah. yeah. So it's Housing Endowment and Regional Trust, and uh, and it was started by a couple of county supervisors many many years ago. And the idea is to pool our resources collectively as a county and have uh, cities and the private sector pay into a fund that can then grow and can be applied to different projects to build affordable units in the county. Well, you know, I, I had an opportunity to speak, to speak with Rick Bonilla uh, as the mayor in San Mateo, and him and I came up with an idea, and I just want to run it by you and see what you think about it. It's really preliminary. We want to talk to Kevin Mullins if we can on it. We thought about um, some of the property on the corridor property, which is on your El Camino. And I'm working on some commercial deals right now. A big obstacle for most of these people is selling is taxation. Mm-hmm. So if they sell the property, they can't exchange it into something else. Do you think that maybe we should go to the state and say, you know, uh, why don't we see if we can give these property owners a tax break from the state if they're willing to participate in the uh, affordable housing or mixed-use situation. I think that's an interesting idea. Yeah, I mean, certainly whatever we can do to uh, ease the burden in terms of building below-market units, uh, we should look at that. Well, and the other thing that when we're talking about transportation that I'm very proud to see that you guys are doing is your bike route. Can you talk a little bit about the bike route and how the connection is going to be? Okay, we're doing a couple different things. So we have a complete streets advisory committee, and basically what they do is is they look at all of the streets in Redwood City and say, how do we make these accessible to bicycles and pedestrians? And then we also have some efforts where we're speaking to folks in Menlo Park and San Carlos and Atherton saying, how can we help create regional bike routes that will help on the north-south? 
And, you know, biking's not for everybody, but I think if, if we give people options, a lot of people will take it. Well, great, great. That, I, I appreciate that. Now, <clears throat> I've had an opportunity to ask you a lot of questions. So what I really want to hear from you is where do you, where do you see yourself in the next four years with Redwood City, and where would you like to see Redwood City in the next 10 years? Okay, well, in four years, I will be retired from city government. I am in my last term. We have uh, term limits here, so I'm in my fourth out of four uh, terms here. And, um, you know, I, I, I want to leave Redwood City a better place than I found it. So one of the things that I am really working on is uh, rebuilding our neighborhood associations and making sure that uh, on the local level people feel empowered, they feel like they're part of the decision-making process, you know, particularly when it comes to local issues like traffic concerns. Um, and we've made a lot of progress towards that. Uh, and I really want to have Redwood City be a model for how local government can and should run, meaning that we're accessible, we're approachable, we listen to people, uh, take their concerns into consideration, and people see that reflected in our policy decisions because this is the level where you really can make a difference. So as a uh, private citizen, I expect to have the uh, ear of my former colleagues on the council and, and uh, help continue to, uh, to help them with that process even after I'm off the council. Well, I appreciate that. Is there anything else you wanted to tell us about uh, the future of Redwood City or anything you're excited about that's at the forefront that's going to happen and the people should be proud of it? We have a lot of great things coming up in the near future. So one of them is the Magical Bridge uh, Playground, which is a fully accessible playground for kids with all ability levels. Um, that's going to happen. It's, it's um, broken ground last year. It'll be built uh, this year. Uh, we're going to be undergrounding utilities on Middlefield, making that corridor a lot better looking as, um, as people enter the downtown, but then also improving the quality of life for people in that neighborhood. Uh, we're building 117 units of affordable senior housing uh, near Kaiser on Bradford Street. And um, just a lot of great things like that, that even though uh, we're facing a budget crunch, we have capital improvements funds that we're applying to long-term issues that will improve the quality of life for residents. Well, again, on behalf of Podcast by the Bay, I want to thank you again for taking the time with us to speak with us, and uh, we look forward to another podcast with you in the future. Thanks, Ian. All right. Thanks, Patrick. Thank you to current Redwood City Mayor Ian Bain. We wish you the best of luck, and we appreciate you interviewing with Podcast by the Bay. Now we're going to move on to our new segment entitled People on the Peninsula, where we spoke with Siva, who is a college student and was discussing her realities and struggles on the peninsula. Siva. And you, where do you work? Left Bank. How long have you worked at Left Bank? For in about Singapore? a year. And what, what position do you hold there? Hostess. Hostess. And you, do you like the job? I do like the job. Okay. And can you tell us a little bit about Andre and I were just talking about that new, new uh, rule that's happening in San Francisco with not giving the tips to the servers or the people... Give us a little background on what you think about it. I've actually never heard of San Francisco doing that just because I don't work in San Francisco. The rules are different compared to San Francisco to the rest of the peninsula. So I've never heard of the restaurant. Okay, how does it work keeping. where you work? Tell us how you're paid. I get paid per hour plus the tips that the, ma- the waiters make, and I make about 1% of what they sell. So okay. it's like the overall, it's not including the tips what they make, it's everything included, how much the meal costs and how much the tips cost. And at the end of the day is what they make. So if you make the person, the waiter makes one thousand, you know, then you get 
$10 out of that person. And how many hours a week are you working? About four, maybe three the minimum, but five the maximum, because they okay. don't want to pay you over time. So, okay, this this is your full-time career right now? No, I work like three jobs. Oh, three so. jobs. Can you tell us about three other jobs? I work as a nanny and a tutor, and I work as photography whenever they hire me. So. Okay. Now, are you going to school? Yeah. Okay, where do you go to school? Time. Kenyatta College. Excellent. Congratulations Thank on that. You. That's good. And, and are you in your first year or your second? I'm almost close to transferring, like 80% done. Excellent. Where are you going to transfer to? Hopefully Fresno, if not somewhere in Spain. Excellent. How are you finding, Andre, you brought up some How are you finding on housing right now? What's, what's the housing situation for it's you? It's ridiculous. I'm right. 22 years old and I'm still stuck at my parents' house. Wow. Wow. So like, you feel as somebody that's working three jobs, I'm That's, still not making enough to even live on my own. And is there anything that, as a society, I mean, what can what can be done? I mean, someone from your perspective, what do you see can be some of the solutions? A lot of it can just be most of, like, respect for the people that are working multiple jobs that are not making enough money and realizing that it's not easy being in Silicon Valley here and living on your own as a college student is kind of impossible. A lot of people are moving back with their parents even after moving out at the first and it's just the idea of moving out at 18 is just not possible anymore here. Do your, do your parents have, uh, you live with your parents, are your parents still both working? They're still both working. And what kind of work do they do? They do house cleaning and gardening. Wow, hardworking people, yeah. hardworking people. That's great. So, and, and so do you feel like, how long, I mean, how long have you guys lived in the Bay Area? Our whole lives. So do you feel that the Bay Area has changed? A lot, it's yeah. It's becoming so unsustainable, it's like We've considered about moving out a lot of times, and we almost lost a house because it was just unbearable to make the rent or the payments on the house. So it's pretty intense. So are your parents renting now? No, we rent to own. Rent to own. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I'm so. a real estate broker, and I haven't heard rent. So you, got, you have a lease option on your house, you know? Yeah. Oh, so yeah. the house right across from us, not even in great... It's in good condition, but it sold for, like, half a million, which is not even close to what it should be, knowing that we live so close to Facebook. We're about two minutes away driving distance. Oh, so you're off 17th Avenue? I'm off... I live in East Palo Alto. Oh, East Palo Alto. Okay. Yeah, the last street. Yeah, I'm on the last street of university going towards the Dumperton Bridge. Can you see any benefit that Facebook is bringing to you living in that area? Traffic. (laughs) (laughs) Traffic is beneficial. Like, it's 10 o'clock in the morning, and it's still jammed packed trying to get to school and I'm like it's 10 o'clock in the morning everyone should be at least at work and there's still a 10 minute delay and so, I go to Kenyatta and Redwood City so I have to take 101 get to 280 go around just to beat the traffic and even then it's still packed what are you what are you studying in college where, where, where do you want to go I'm studying communication disorder which is basically just being a speech pathologist and working with kids with wow, autism that's dedication that's dedication yeah. well so, I appreciate you talking to us is there anything else you want to Share with us on Podcast by the Bay. Thank you for having me. I mean, I'm You're welcome. You're very welcome. surprised. She's <laughs> hard work. Yeah. Thanks. yeah, of course. Yeah, Thank Thanks to Siva for interviewing for our new segment entitled People on the Peninsula. Coming up next is our thought of the episode.
Today is February 15th, 2018, and it's the day after the horrible massacre school shooting in Florida. And it's a day that we all must hold our children closer and hold our families closer as well. And many of us, we all reflect on a day like today. We all wonder what is going on. We, we, we wonder why. We wonder how. And there's anger. We all feel this anger. And you can see it. People are fired up. There's discussions happening all at everyone's job. It's all over the internet. The news. Everywhere. People are furious. And they all want change. We need change. I think it's pretty evident in our, in our society at this point, it's time for change. And so, my question is this. And this is really my thought of the day. I think we need to ask ourselves, what is happening in our society that it's come to this? Why is it that in our society, we are so quick to solve our problems, to deal with situations, to control by reaching for the gun. Why is that? Why is our society so fixated on taking control by using a gun? Why is this? And I think it's a reflection upon our society, and I think that's something we need to ask ourselves. What are we doing in our society that that's how we have become, where everything needs to be solved by a gun. We don't communicate with each other anymore. We don't talk things out. So I think that's where we need to really start reflecting upon who we are and what are we doing as a society and what we can really do to make our lives better. So with that, this is the thought of the day, and we'll catch you on the next podcast by the Bay. Peace. You've been listening to the piano sounds of Leo DeVito. If you enjoyed the show, the content, or the discussion, please reach out to us at facebook.com slash podcast by the bay. Stay tuned. Thank you for listening to another podcast by The Bay.
podcast by the bay is brought to you by highway soul productions check us out at highwaysoul.com and in conjunction with liberty realty liberty realty serving the peninsula and surrounding areas since 1986 for all your real estate needs www.liberty-realty.com remember to subscribe and download our podcast on itunes stitcher or wherever you get your podcast you can contact podcast by the bay by their email at podcast by the bay at gmail.com all material is property and copyrighted by podcast by the bay but does not necessarily reflect the views of podcast by the bay for sponsorship opportunities please contact us by email at podcastbythebay at gmail.com. Stay tuned.